listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. What's that shrug for? I'm talking to you about the traitor who cut the throat of our man in Istanbul. I'm talking to you about a defector from your own damn section. I'm accusing you of consorting with an enemy agent behind my back. Don't damn well shrug at me. You're like a term in prison. Well, I haven't been seeing him. So get your facts straight and get off my back. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 22. This week we are reviewing Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy, and it stinks. All right, bye. Hashtag support Florence Pugh. Yeah, we're out. No, we're just kidding. Um, Yeah, that... uh, This movie's boring, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't like. I don't know what else to. I don't know what else to say about it. Honestly, like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, of course, is a prestige film, if you will. Uh, so we found out upon rewatch for you, first watch from uh, for me. Boring as shit. How we doing, guys? <laughs> uh, good. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily want to shit on this film. Like I agree. It is a boring as hell film and and it's short ish. It's only like two hours and seven minutes, but it feels like it spans days. There's like Mm -hmm. 80 different characters in this that I have to keep up with. And some of them only appear once and then just disappear. There's so much that happens for so little plot. Dex, what do you feel? How do you feel? Deep down in your soul. <laughs> so I thought quarantine boredom meant like, you know, I have nothing to do. I'm just going to watch every movie that's recommended to me. But there are so many movies and so much other things that I would rather be doing than watching this movie. Like, it just, mm-hmm. it hurt. It took me two two days to finish. I watched the first hour. I took a nap. I woke up and I was like, I'm not doing that shit again until tomorrow. So, <laughs> I, yeah, man, I just, it's not fun. It's like, no, it's like an extended episode of like Murder She Wrote or something. Like, it's just so bland, man. Just like, like, and I understand that it is a good movie. Let, let me just get that out there. It is a good movie. Mm hmm entertaining it is not (laughs) like there's a sliding scale i feel like on how at least i review movies like we'll get into it a little bit later but like i gave extraction a b minus on twitter you know i might give this one a b minus too but these the the quality of those movies are completely different you know what i mean but as far as entertainment value goes extraction was way more fun (laughs) I mean, obviously this, as is in the title, a, a spy film, but 
generally when we think of spy films, we think of like the Bonds or shout out the guy that uh, recommended this to us, Jack Ryan, the Jack Ryan series by hey. Tom Clancy. Like you, you just like it's sexy. It, like people are getting shot. Only one person gets shot and below the eye. Um, Spoiler. It, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler for a 2011 film. Yeah. Um, like for a spy movie, this is this is probably as true as it can get without you know breaking actual government classified documents. Like this is probably what actual spy craft is and the bureaucracy behind it. I don't want to watch movies about the bureaucracy of a spy agency during mm-hmm. the Cold War. Like give me Bond, give me something sexy, give me I built a gun out of a stool. And it's going to save the world. I, I don't need to know the budgetary constraints that the British intelligence agency was facing in the 1970s. Or what glasses he deems necessary <laughs> to wear in retirement. Like, man, I don't give a shit. Um, yeah, or at least give me some espionage. You know, like mm-hmm. Tom Hardy's character is about as close as they get to that. Benedict Cumberbatch steals a few documents from um, the circus, as they call it which mm-hmm. confused the hell out of me. I didn't I didn't understand that one bit. But like it just there isn't a lot of there's tension but the slowest of burns. You know, like this is like this is like the cigar of of movie. Like yeah, this is like a Winston Churchill cigar of movies. <laughs> just long <laughs> and burns slow. And- Slowly giving you cancer. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I just, uh, when I was intrigued because I remember seeing this movie and it was right after, I think, um, Colin Firth had won his Oscar and I was on a little bit of a Colin Firth high, if you will. And then, of course, you know, Tom Hardy's in it. He had just been in Inception and, and of course, you have Benedict Cumberbatch, who I didn't know. Uh, um, <laughs> but... But it has all of these British heavy hitters, like to steal a line from another podcast, like the British Avengers. And like it has all these people in it, but it's just, I don't know, man. I, I would have, I could not have watched this movie back in 2011. Tell you what, I would not. <laughs> nope. Would uh, not have gotten through it. I did. Um, no. Yeah, I went and saw this with my brother-in-law. I'm going to make the vague claim that I think this was the first time I ever went to an Alamo draft house uh, was this movie. And it was my brother-in-law, my sister, and my mom. And my sister and my mom went to go see, I want to say like a Disney or Pixar film that came out at that same time. And my brother and I uh, were like, nah, we're going to go see Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy because it's cool. We both sat there for like that two hours and seven minutes going, we regret this. We should have gone to the Pixar film. <laughs> Immediately regret this decision. The 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 thing, yeah, they were probably more. They probably had a better time. I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, though this is like this. Is, it was it like Toy Story three or was it? I don't. know. It doesn't this matter. Came out, this was a December release, so. Uh, yeah, Toy Story three is a summer thing, right? Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> The Good Dinosaur. Nah, that was later. A movie I still have not seen. All the way through. I actually have not seen that movie. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just to, like, I think that 
and we'll get into the ratings and reviews and things like that. I, I just think that this is what people like movie people, not, not like me and you listening to this, like actual smart people, um, want cinema to be. They want, you know, like, this is what cinema should be, <laughs> as they smoke a pipe in their <laughs> ascot and, you know, down three fingers of brandy. But, like, the, I, I just, like, three I just German think that, fingers of brandy. Yeah. Traglesa. Um, <laughs> shout out on Glorious Bastards. The, you know, the fact that, the fact that What's-His-Face was not in this is astounding, actually. <laughs> Who's what's his face? There's so what's much face? we're talking about right now. Uh, sorry, I the I, I Inglorious Bastards. Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Thank you, God. Oh. Yeah, the the drink is kicking in, folks. Christoph uh, Waltz. Um, Brad Pitt. Just, the fact that Brad Pitt is not in this. Let's just say random actors' names really quick, and I'll just start inserting them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> The uh, fact that Chris Evans wasn't in this film was terrible. The fact that Mr. Bean was not in this film. <laughs> he probably was, somewhere in the background. Yeah, probably. Um, Idris Elba, not in this film. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, he was... Uh... Well, no, that was after. I was going to say he was playing a dude from Baltimore at this time, but that was way after. Sorry. Okay, we're off track. Look. What do we give this movie? Let me. Okay, first of all, let me read what this is about. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy came out in 2011, as you heard. Uh, 7.1 on IMDb, which is, you know, about user score on IMDb, which is about accurate, which it only has an 180,000 ratings. So that just proves how many people have, like, actively watched this movie. Um, there's an R rating. Where that went, I don't really know. Uh, it is two hours and two minutes long, and, like, uh, a snail's pace, two hours and two minutes long. Um, in the bleak in the bleak days of the Cold War, espionage veteran George Smiley, Gary Oldman, is forced from semi-retirement to uncover a Soviet agent within MI6. It's directed by uh, Thomas Alfredson. Uh, it was written by Bridget O'Connor and Peter Strahan. I don't I, I don't know, but it's based on the book. You're going to have to help me out here. It's based on the book by John Le Carr. That's, yeah, I've known him as Le Carr. Yeah, based on the book by John Le Carr. And it stars, of course, uh, Gary Oldman, Mark Strong, John Hurt, Toby Jones, uh, Colin Firth, Syrian Hines, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Stephen Graham, just on and on and on. Um, it was nominated for three Oscars, of course. Gary Oldman, which was his first Oscar nomination uh, after 30 years of acting, was actually kind of nuts, which he was good. We'll get into it, but he was good. But like Oscar worthy, I don't know. Best writing, adapted screenplay uh, and best achievement in music written for a motion picture original score. I will say I did notice that about this movie. Um, the music in this in this was actually pretty good. Uh, as 85, here's where it is. I have a, it has an 85 Metascore which is really high for Metacritic, incredibly high. And it has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, pretty high rating, you know, not what you would expect for like an Oscar nominated film, but still, I mean, then again, you know, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody uh, got several nominations and wins, but whatever. Uh, And it has, but here it has a 65% uh, user audience score. 
And at the box office, it made hmm, <laughs> had a budget of twenty million uh, euros, I think. I don't, I don't, but it made eighty-one million dollars, as you would expect. So, guys, I know we've talked about it at length already, but give it your rating and review, uh, Jake. Since like you know, we'll start with you on this, since you've. Uh, probably know most about this actually oh i feel so conflicted because like the petty part of me is like this is a c let's just move on the cinema buff in me really wants to like rate this as an a i don't know it falls somewhere in between i'm gonna go with a b um like we talked about earlier this is this is a film that moves at a glacial pace like i feel days of my life have been lost in the two hours this movie has played. Um, and it is good. Like it, it's not, you know, it's not like this mono's hands of fame. Like it's not, everything is just shitty and you're just stuck there watching it. Like everything is good. It is a film of subtly and it is, it is true to the book. The book does not jump time sequence as the movie does. Like you move um, chrono- chronologically Hey, um, there it is. There we go. And Lacar actually did work for the British spy agency M15, MI5, whatever it is. Um, so it, it's real. Like it, to some degree, this is probably historically accurate, and this mm-hmm. is probably honestly as true as it really would have been hunting down Soviet agents and and playing you know double agents and triple agents and all the paperwork and actually getting funding and whatnot. Like this is probably as true as it gets it just sometimes you want to watch a film because it's entertaining and you just need to turn off your mind and just go with the plot and sometimes you want to actually be an active participant in this film this film requires you to be an active participant like six times in a row because Mm -hmm. you have to notice subtle details the keeping up with names sorry to interrupt you the keeping up with names in this movie and then i'll let you continue is so hard (laughs) Well, it's because they go by both their real name and their um, spy name. So you have to keep up with two different names applied to a person that you may see on screen for two minutes total. Mm-hmm. And like this was this was to be mentioned a seven part miniseries actually back in 1979, which that's kind of interesting with Sir Alec Guinness um, as you know, Obi-Wan as uh, George Smiley. And I think that's mm-hmm. where this really might exist better. Like if this was a BBC miniseries spread For out sure. over time where you could kind of get to know the characters and like associate and you could build more deeply, like that's where I feel like that this would exist. And, and by all, it's apparently a classic miniseries, but like it's mushed into two hours. You're just like, Ooh, I don't care. I, I don't care about. I, I just don't care, man. I don't know. Uh, Dex, go ahead. Yeah, Jake, you're way nicer to this movie than I plan on being. Uh, it it's boring. I consider myself to be a fairly smart person. Um, you know, I analyze literature and movies and art and shit like that in my spare time. Like, I'm one of those nerds. This movie was disoriented me i could not follow it like i watched the plot summary of it on youtube immediately after finishing it 
And I was like, I missed all of this. Like, none of this made sense to me. None of this connected to me. Like, I don't... This movie is very hard to follow. The time, like, where you are chronologically is hard to follow. The characters are hard to follow. What's, like, actually happening is hard to follow. It just didn't succeed as a movie to me. Like, if you had told me to, like, explain to somebody what this movie is about and why they should watch it, I would be totally unable to do that. Like, I just don't... I don't... there's nothing here for me. Like, I just... Ugh. Ugh. I, I give it, like, a D. Like, it's not... Ooh. It's not good, man. I did, did not like that. And I don't know anybody who would, to be honest. But you saw this before, right? Like, you watched this when you were younger, right? Yeah, I, I went through, like, a Tom Hardy phase, like... As one 20, does. 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. And I watched this movie. I really, I realized watching it again that I don't remember anything about this movie because everything felt brand new to me. But I have seen this movie before. Like y'all were saying, there is a good portion of people that actually really do like. Like I had several people tweet at me like the Gary Oldman version, or I'm obsessed with that movie. And I'm just like, did you really I don't fucking see it? Yeah, I had a couple people tell me like that, and it's just like. I- I mean, I I get it. On paper, this seems like a really kick-ass film because it's spies hunting spies with really no technology. Like, you're hunting spies with paperwork. Um, Which does seem cool. Like, you're stuck in probably the pinnacle of spycraft era, uh, the, the Cold War, and then, you know, you have the greatest British actors of all time basically challenging each other on screen but there's so much little detail that the audience is forced to keep up with like mm-hmm. you need to write down things to be like oh yes colin first said this in one brief second at the very beginning of the film and this now comes back into play it's like i i can't keep notes for you film well, like dex you said it best you said this is like doing homework it felt like doing homework like there's so much to keep up with there's so many people you have to be invested in or maybe not have to be invested in. Maybe you're rooting for them. Maybe you're not. You don't know. But it's not – you don't understand what's happening, but it's not – for me, it's at least, it's not in like a I really want to know what's happening and when do we get to the bottom of this blah, blah, blah kind of way. It's like what am I looking at? I don't know. I don't – why is this happening? I don't understand it. I will say this. Spy versus spy is more entertaining than this film. <laughs> the mad comic? Yes. <laughs> at least they blow shit up and like hurt each other and they're all like it's just ugh that's a that's a dated reference for anybody listening to this hopefully a younger audience will know what that is but the i don't like if you want espionage thriller cold war espionage thriller watch the americans and mm. that is the best one of the best like spy espionage thrillers if you don't know what the americans is it actually follows russian spies in america so it's, it is it is one of those but it, it, it's so good watch the americans on i think it's on amazon plug for the americans real quick like they need our help but the yeah carrie russell's out there struggling yeah with exactly. supporter guys matthew reese exactly out there struggling but the i i just think and you're right Jake, there is a this is what it's like. Like for all of us that think, like if you ever like have listened to anybody talk about 
the bureaucracy of the CIA or the FBI and things like that, um, or MI6 or anything like that. This is more or less what an everyday person would go through. Mm -hmm. And it's still like, like Benedict, it should be, it, it should be more riveting because Benedict Cumberbatch is like in this movie is committing like treason and things like that. Like he's like stealing government documents and things like that. Like that in and of itself is riveting, but just on film is my whole thing. Like, yeah, like on film, you're just like, Oh, so he stole some paper. Cool. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch beats Tom Hardy ass, and it doesn't matter. Like you don't care. Yeah, yeah. beats the uh, shit out of him. Um, there's a scene. I, d- I don't know the actress's name, nor do I really remember what her character's name. But we watch Tom Hardy's lover get shot in the head in front of Mark Strong, and it's supposed to be this like heavy, poignant scene. But I don't. I am so lost in the subcontext of what, why this is even happening period that it feels meaningless. Like it is a film where it, I'm presented with a lot of stakes. Like what, what is happening is risky. People's lives are at line. Obviously geopolitics are at line, but seeing it on film, I'm like, none of this feels important. Nothing mm-hmm. of what I'm watching feels really important. Nothing of what Colin Firth did feels really all that bad. And mm-hmm. maybe it's just because I don't understand the geopolitical platform of those days or like the 60s what, in Britain or what sharing spy documents between British intelligence and CIA and the Kremlin is like. And so I might be missing all those subtle details and I know I am, but it, it feels like the stakes don't matter here. There's going to be a super smart person listening in this going like, Oh, like eyes rolling through their head. Just like, oh, God sure. damn it. Like, but like, I, you know, they're these idiots, but it's just like, man, I, you know, people talk about all the, all you just want like theme parks and cinemas and everything else and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, man, I would rather have, I would rather have Venom 8 than watch this movie again. <laughs> like, you still get Tom Hardy. So we're, we're yeah. just, it's connected. It's connected. Yeah. I don't give a shit, man. Like I would rather, I would, you know what? I would rather watch the worst superhero movie, superhero movie of all time. X-Men origins, Wolverine, than watch this again. Um, side note, Michael Fassbender actually was cast for this film. Of course he, he was, ba- but he backed out because he had to do X-Men first class. Better decision. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. A better decision. <laughs> made the right choice there. He got paid too. So, uh, like, okay. So I, I think I said, I, C plus or B minus is kind of where I land on this. And again, it's a shifting scale as far as entertainment goes for when we give these ratings. So don't get mad at us, but I mean, get mad at Dex. He gave it a D, but like, I am a, a stupid, stupid, dumb, dumb. I didn't understand this movie. I <laughs> missed like entire plot points that are apparently very huge. Like, apparently Colin Firth was smashing whatever dude's name is, wife. Mark like, Strong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, no, he was... Wait, was he Was he smashing Mark Strong, too? He was supposed to smash... He was smashing Mark Strong, and then also smashing Gary Oldman's wife. Yeah, I, I yeah. caught that. I missed that so, entirely. I don't know what I was doing while that was happening. At the, the Christmas party Probably scene where sleeping. Gary... 
yeah, where Gary Oldman like looks out the window and he sees his wife fooling with Colin Firth. I think it's like right before that or right after. Oh yeah, no, it's right before. It's just when Colin Firth enters. He there's like a, a one minute scene where it's just Colin Firth staring at Mark Strong, and they're both just staring at each other. And the subtext there is that they were lovers or that they were like shared a connection. And that's why the assassination at the end is supposed to be like more personal rather than political. But you don't know that. You don't know that. Yeah. You don't. Oh, we'll subtly say like, here's a picture of them in his apartment. Yada, yada, yada that Colin Firth takes away. Man, just tell me that shit. (laughs) Dumb it down, please. I'm an just idiot. one, one, yeah, one time, one time, just, just for, for the people, just be like, oh yeah, they were banging it out. <laughs> Gary Oldman in a British action. The, oh, they were fucking. <laughs> I noticed that early on in this movie, I was like, there's zero exposition in this movie. Like, I know we complain about that exposition, but like, you got to give some. You got to give me something. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to spike the camera. Like, you, Colin Firth does not have to look directly in the lens and be like, so this is what's happening. This is why I said this. This is like, you don't have to give me shitty exposition. But, I mean, like, my main complaint always about films is if you're going to make the audience work, at least give them the tools to work with. This, this film gives you nothing. Like, it just expects you to figure it out. And maybe it's a game. Maybe you're supposed to be like, you are also a spy audience member you help them figure it out like it's a scooby-doo novel (laughs) this is a new yorker article come to life this is the most pretentious (laughs) bullshit like uh, all right so i have some notes and uh, this like i took the least amount of notes for this movie i i was telling before we started recording i i took more notes for 10 things i hate about you than this movie which is saying something so we'll just go, I guess, go through these notes because I think we've exhausted how boring this freaking movie is. Um, so, sorry, Jack. I know, Jack Ryan, I know you um, wanted to watch this film and, and and you like it a lot. Do better. I don't know. Sorry. Like, I don't know. Why do you like, hate I don't it? know. Yeah. Man. Whoo. Uh, I would rather watch Avatar on repeat. Oh, don't do that to yourself. And eh, maybe not. No, no, nah, fuck it. No, I would rather watch Avatar on repeat than watch I, this movie again. I will say, as a person who loves watching movies and TV shows and stuff like that, and like got into doing a podcast just because of how much I love those things, this felt like work. This felt like homework. Like, I don't... <laughs> I did not enjoy this whatsoever. <laughs> like, it's not that bad a movie. Like, it's not poorly made or anything like that. It just is not fun at all. This is what film critics want movies to be. Um, okay, so just a few notes. I feel like Mark Strong dies in every movie. But, of course, he didn't die. But I felt like he was going to die at the very beginning. Um, did he die in 1917? No, he didn't. No, well, he I mean, didn't. probably did, but probably possibly. like, like, cause the war, but like, <laughs> um, all right, Peter, that yeah. lady that just don't yeah. text you, texted that you're like, that dude sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn. Why'd you shoot her? There's no way that was an accident, right? Like that no. was the no. most exposition that they gave in this film is when they like purposely were like, 
they lingered on him sweating his fucking ass off. Like as soon as you, if you're an inter, if you're a spy and you see like a waiter in a cold weather climate sweating profusely, hey, maybe I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, uh, shot a poor woman in the face. Uh, every British actor is in this. You can't convince me otherwise. Like Dame Judy Dench was in here somewhere. Somewhere. Um, and I also kind of for, always forget that Gary Oldman is British. Oh, why? Because of like um, Commissioner Gordon. Well, that, and he's been like a Russian in several movies. Like he's a great actor. Gary Oldman is a great actor. I don't know how great of a person Gary Oldman is, but like, yeah. eh, but like, I, I I don't know. I just always forget that he's British because he's always either playing an American or a Russian. For some reason, up until he played Churchill, talk about another boring movie. Um, I get what you're saying. Like it's it's almost like a Christian Bale thing where you mm-hmm. kind of just forget his nationality until he opens his mouth and you're like, oh yeah, right. Yeah, for, I forgot. Should he have been nominated for an Oscar for this film? Yeah, I don't. I gotta look at the rest I'm, of 2011. Let me. I'll, I'll pull it up. Let me pull it up because it was am, almost like. It was almost like you've been acting for so long. 2012 Oscars stunk. That was the year the artist won, by the way, for Best Picture. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. What were you saying? Whomst. Me? Yeah, Jake. Sorry. Man, I don't know. I'm not qualified. Um, but I have a podcast, so I guess I'm qualified. Um, Just as much as anyone else. <laughs> You too can do this. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I honestly don't know. I guess I could pull up the Oscar list and no, I have it, that. I have it right here. So that was the year that the uh, the artist won. Uh, okay. Brad Pitt weighing heavy in the in the Oscars that year. He was not. It, it Moneyball and The Tree of Life were nominated for Best Picture, um, but it was the year that the artist won, and then Jean D Dujardin. Was one for the artist, and then was never heard from again outside of that weird cameo in Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, Brad Pitt was nominated for Moneyball. George Clooney was nominated for The Descendants. Uh, Damien Bashir was nominated for a film called The Better Life. I a Better Life. I've never seen that or heard of it. And then Gary Oldman was nominated for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Of those, the performance that I feel like lives on is Brad Pitt's performance in Moneyball. But. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I mean, Jonah Hill was nominated for Moneyball for Best Supporting Actor. You know, it was just like, it was a bad year for the Oscars. All Except Octavia Spencer did win for The Help, which she should have. Mm-hmm. Ugh, the artist. Ugh. <laughs> talk about pretentious. We want to talk about pretentious. Ugh. You know, it would be bold and exciting. A silent film in 2011. Um... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I maybe I mean, I feel like it was one of those things where it's like, okay, it's time to it's time to get him get him get him in here, you know what I mean? So, this is this will be the most pretentious thing I think I could say. This film is a staged production. Not like a lame is staged production, but like it is a staged production. And so I, I, I think Oldman on film and as pretty much every actor in this is it, it's a much more theatrical 
way of acting rather than movie because movement is not that important. It's rather, it's all just, it's a dialogue driven film. So probably, probably everything Oldman is doing is, is taught in colleges and like, this is what you need to do to be a good actor. I don't know. No, I think you're right. And and like, there is some subtlety and especially towards the end of the movie when he's like interrogating the guy at the airport and stuff like that. I wrote down at that point, I was like, Oh shit. He's like, there, that was that one point when he, when he like looks at him and he's just like, what did you do? Or something like that. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Like that's stone. Like that was stone cold or something like that. But like, that's only like one moment that you did notice. And maybe it's the subtlety of that performance, but it's just like, there was only one moment where I was just like, okay, like I get it, but I don't know. Um, I just looked up the snubs for that year. And the only thing I've found so far is Michael Fassbender and shame. I don't know what that is. And Leonardo DiCaprio and Edgar, which not. So, I mean, I guess (laughs) you can have Gary Oldman in there. (laughs) forgot about jagger they were really doing a what a bad year for movies extremely loud incredibly close uh was nominated for best picture which i maintain fuck that movie Mm -hmm. is that the one where it's 9-11 yep yeah sold it as a tom hanks film he's in it for a total of five minutes sold it the same way we all fell for it that um what's his face is in all godzilla Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. In the first oh. one minute that he's dead. Also, spoiler for Godzilla 2015. <laughs> Sold it like that Remember Me movie where at the end they just didn't know how to end it and it was just 9 uh, uh, Yikes. Uh, okay, so John Hurt retired and then just died. And they don't even yep. tell you. They just show you. They're just like, oh, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Who is um, John Hurt? The old one. The control. All right. Which R.I.P. to John Hart um, in in IRL, but uh, okay. So Oldman doesn't say a line, and this is where you know, like, okay, this is the kind of movie we're in for. Oldman doesn't say a line in this movie until eighteen minutes in. I counted or I looked. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. say one line until eighteen minutes into this movie. And just like, because when he gets fired, it's just like him and John Hurt look at each other. Then they leave. Then he goes and gets new glasses. Then he goes for a swim in a dirty river. Um, and yeah, and and there is there. This is a film more or less about isolation, also, as it is about espionage and things like that. It's about like age and in isolation and what happens when you age out of things and who who people trust when they're older or younger and yada 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 and i felt that part of the movie like i felt that where it was just like all right you're 65 now go die Mm -hmm. i felt that because (laughs) in the 1960s they if you turn like 68 they're just like you're old go home (laughs) Go be with your felonious wife. Dex, I was going to mention that to you. Is like It is bananas how young people retire back then. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know why you were going to mention that to me specifically, but yeah, it's pretty wild. I've been talking about your 401k a lot. We just wanted to get in that. <laughs> not you specifically. I just wanted your, your comment on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no comment. It's just uh, no comment. they could afford to do that back then, I guess. Okay. So, well, yeah. Back when the man. world was full of broke boys. Oh, man. Wouldn't you love to see it? Okay. So, uh, the weirdest thing in this movie. Okay. One line that I just mentioned is that when the woman goes, I don't know about you smiley, but I feel, uh, seriously under fucked. Yep. I wrote that down. <laughs> that was the very first thing in this movie. I felt like writing down. <laughs> just watching two kids go at it on a couch and they're just like, Oh, about you, but I'm old and dry. You're just like, ugh. Yeah, why why did we have these two random children making out just in the background of this shot? I don't understand. Like I think I think it's a movie. It's like it's about age, right, Jake? If I'm not like, if I'm not too off here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, out with the old empire and with the new empire. Um, sure. <laughs> Does that is that? I mean, it, it really is. Like, I mean, it. And that is probably one of the more obvious points of the of the story is that you know this the, these new kids on the block are are shaking things up and changing how the intelligence game works, where we had to bring in you know the old guard to fix it. Um, but why explain age by having two kids make out while a woman says that she discovered a mole and got ignored? That's like, it's not needed. And then they're just never seen again. No. <laughs> nope. You know what's gonna stop them. You know what's gonna really add tension to the scene? Teenage hormones. You gotta do something to spice this movie up because it is just like just Gary Oldman staring at another woman. Just like, do you drink? Oh, I shouldn't. Here, drink. What? <laughs> Doctor says I shouldn't pussy like this is like uh so the bird coming down the chimney was the wildest thing in this movie and i don't understand why that was a thing yeah i i have no clue it was dope it like made me pay attention again but like i wow what (laughs) we just needed a loud sound to wake everybody up yeah so for those of you who haven't seen this movie at one point, our like spy who like the spy who got shot at the beginning is a school teacher now, and while he's teaching, mm-hmm. an owl just flies through the chimney of this school, which I guess schools had chimneys back then, and so he just smacks it out of the out of the air with a bat, like <laughs> <laughs> smacks it out of the air. It's like rising around on the ground. He kills it in front of all these children who cringe. And then we just don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> what? What is it an allegory? That, like, what is that an allusion to? I don't. I don't. I don't think it is. Like, I think it's just supposed to be like you can take the spy out of the game, but you can't take the game out of the spy. Or like, whatever. Like, he still has the moves, but he's also living in a van. So, like, what are we really saying about Mark Strong here? He's living, living in a van down by the river. <laughs> Living undercover. Uh, also, why does that kid just give him a plank of wood? 
it's much later in the film, but it's so weird. Very weird relationship between him and that and that poor kid. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was going somewhere else, and I, I was uncomfortable, but I was like, okay, at least there's some drama here that I'm like so, kind of intrigued by. It's a weird gift because it looks like what a toddler would make for their parents, and the parents are like, oh, this is great, because it's just like a triangle sawed into wood. It's a weird I'm, gift. I made this for you, Mark Strong. I'm drunk, kid. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I was tortured by the Soviets. Get out. I have PTSD. Leave me alone. <laughs> Trying to tie one off, damn it. Like, <laughs> I'm about to perfectly shoot Colin Fur through a chain link fence under the eye. Go away. Do you know what I've done? Do you know what I've seen? A woman was domed in front of me for no reason. <laughs> uh... Yeah, oh. two yeah, actually. Why did honest. that happen? What what was that for? That was Tom Hardy's. I I made to I had to go back and look. That was Tom yeah. Hardy's, like the woman that he was trying to get uh, immunity for. So did they have? Yeah. Did they have the him and Tom Hardy confused? I don't understand. Yeah. So because Tom Hardy is, he was supposed to convert that drunk dude that ended up being in disemboweled in the bathtub he has the affair with a woman for some reason kgb thinks that mark strong is tom hardy i don't understand how their surveillance would be that shitty because they look nothing alike very similar Uh, if you ask me to to be honest and to to get him to talk about british intelligence they dome what they think is their lover in front of them figure out that's not what the situation is and so then they just trade them off Cool. Yeah. Here, go be a school teacher now. Teach French and take out an owl. Yeah, like I love how the school is just totally is like, hey, are you like living in a? a, You know, we got a couple of uh, messages. Not a big deal (laughs) if it's uh, like not a big deal. Um, Hey, buddy, you living like down by the soccer field, the the football fields with um, in a trailer. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand. I didn't see what. Hey, you can see how that creepy. Is. Yep. Hey, uh, Jim, we uh, we got some concerned calls from parents. Uh, you abused an animal in the classroom with a bat. You got an unlocked cabinet of liquor. <laughs> just just sitting there, buddy. Like, I, I, look, we don't want to throw stones here. Okay. I've um, never been tortured by the KGB. Yeah, like we don't want to. We, we don't know. We don't. But you were driving your car around on the football field the other day. Like <laughs> you were letting a fat blind kid drive the other day. So I don't know. <laughs> it's not very safe. Not very safe. Uh, yeah, I just so many things are just like. Uh, boo! This movie. Oh my god. Um. So, I just wrote this down, and I don't know why, and maybe it's just something that I've always noticed about Tom. He breathes so damn hard <laughs> in yeah. every movie that he's in. Tom Hardy? Yeah. I don't know what that is, just like Bane or whatever. It's just like, whenever he's like looking intently at somebody, he's always like... <sighs> and you're just like, dude, chill out. One time. 
Um, also trying to convince me that Tom Hardy was like not was like very scared and stuff for his life and everything. It's like he's just like a hulking dude and like an intimidating guy. So to try to come, I have nowhere to go. Like, come on, you're Tom Hardy. Also convincing me that Benedict Cumberbatch could beat him up. <laughs> not happening. Nope. Not once. <laughs> not even Doctor Strange. Just instantly draw blood like, immediately. Yeah, it didn't fight back or nothing. I don't. Just randomly in here. Also, Cumberbatch was gay. Like, like I don't know. Just threw that one in there, right? Just mentally prepping him for imitation game. Which is a far better film. For talking about espionage. Um, Three years later, he's getting in the role. Yeah, he was probably offered it by then. Something that I something that I never that I did notice about this, you never see Smiley's wife's face, which is kind of interesting. Dear Lord, you really don't. Yeah, if you just think like y'all, you see her back when she's like making out with, uh, uh, when she's snugging with uh, Alan Firth. <laughs> And then you see, like, you only see her profile at the party. And then when you go into, like, the last scene when he walks into the house, you don't see her face at all then either. It's, like, off in the distance. So it's just a random, I don't know, random thing that I noticed. Um, he, yeah, go ahead. He's so emotionally attached to his wife that he can't look at her in the eye. That's the metaphor. I don't actually know this I know. Boo. No, I, uh, I, uh, I don't actually know if that's the metaphor, but that's probably what they're going for. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so here's my biggest complaint with the film at the very end. Colin first sees him in the distance and then just doesn't run. He's like, yeah, this is all right. Fine. You caught me. Yep. Guilty. <laughs> like and also what kind of jail is this like what kind of utopian jail is this where you can just oh, there's a hop outside for a smoke uh i mean any I other probably like, any other jail except for america for being honest but like this is a british jail keep in mind he's in jail because he was caught handing over both british and american intelligence if Mark Strong would have done it, somebody would have taken him out. He wouldn't have gotten like a leisure stroll while waiting to be exchanged with the Soviets. They would have put him in a dark room and locked the door. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that Mark Strong can just walk up to the back of that prison with a rifle and nobody's like, hey, uh, what? <laughs> not not one person. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a gun dude. I've I fired one gun once in my life, and that was for a fraternity thing so i don't understand calibers or how bullets explode or anything but i feel like taking a bullet to the face would be much more explodey (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 except for like just a dot under the eye um that just bleeds out like a little tear (laughs) (laughs) and like again I've never been shot in the head. I've never you experienced. Really? What, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I don't know what happens, but I feel like if you get if you get hit in the head with a bullet, you're pretty much out. Like he lingered for a second. 
he stared and Mark Strong as if knowing me to say, like, I'm dying and I know it was you that took me out. Man, he didn't even know he was dead yet. It was a hell of a shot. <laughs> I mean, right under the eye. Like, if you could if you could do that, you don't need to be a school teacher anymore. They need to bring you back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a job for you somewhere here. What'd you say, Dex? You're good to go. And also, you're a danger to these children. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, well, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have on this movie. Um, C plus, B minus, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm never going to watch this movie again. I have um, one scene that I really want to talk about. Oh, two scenes that I want to talk about. Briefly, I'll just say. Court. I really, I don't know what it's called, but I really like that like dollhouse shot that they do. Uh, whenever you first meet Tom Hardy's lover lady, and she's getting her ass beat. By, uh, right. Oh right. yeah, I really like that dollhouse shot where you're like looking into different rooms of an apartment or a house or whatever at the same time and like seeing different shit happen. Um, mm-hmm. That was dope. Well, the other scene that I want to talk about is like very emblematic of my problem with this movie in a lot of ways. So I wrote down like shot for shot what happens. So bear with me here. Book elevator thing is opened by some white man. Locker is closed by some white woman putting what appears to be the same contents into the locker. Exterior shot of a building. Locker is opened by a mysterious man who takes contents and puts it in a briefcase. Man walks downstairs and through a turnstile. Exterior shot of a house while the tube goes by. Some woman, who I do not recall seeing before, stares anxiously out her window. Car is heard pulling up. Dog barks. Car is heard pulling off. Woman appears, opens front door, off screen, comes back with briefcase. That's it. There's no dialogue. This takes like two minutes. Mm-hmm. Later. I could not tell you where that was in this movie. Later, that same like sequence happens like, again, but you like, it's revealed to you who like the man is in it, but you don't care. You're like, I don't, it didn't matter to me the first time and it doesn't matter to me now. I don't care about this man. Like, I don't. I don't care about what's on these papers. I don't care who the woman is. I don't care who the man is. It doesn't matter. It's just boring. That's my problem with this movie. You, you, you're like, you have these secrets and mysteries revealed to you. And it's like, I don't, I didn't want that. I would much rather you just like tell me there's some spy shit happening. Mm-hmm. You see this pin. It is also a hand grenade. I want that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing that I have to say is that cinematographer is Hoyt Hoyt, um, who is Nolan's go-to guy, and that is the one, no, not the one, but one of the few things that's the redeeming factor of this film is mm-hmm. that, again, every shot is with purpose and is beautiful, and again, the lighting is, it's it's gorgeous. Like, this is a beautiful film. The colors are natural and um, everything is influenced by something. Like it does have a lot of influence by old film noir stuff. Like there's a lot of um, influence shadows from windows and things like that. Like again, Hoyt Van Hoytma knows what he's doing. So a plus there for making a beautiful painting out of a boring subject. Yeah, I will say like I I, I will agree with you there. It it was a very nice movie to like to look at it, even though it is dull and bleak. And I mean, I just feel like that's. Don't get mad at us, our listeners in in Britain. I feel like that's what <laughs> it looks like, but um, but yeah, it, it uh, man, I don't know. It, and I put down, I wrote down on Twitter that 
I wrote down on Twitter. What am I? I tweeted that this was the most British thing that I think I've ever watched. And I watched three seasons of Downton Abbey. And <laughs> show is great. It, it, it's not bad, but it's very British. And this was even more British than that. And it's funny because it's directed by a, a Swede is directed by a guy from Sweden, which is mm-hmm. actually kind of interesting, but he lived in Britain for a while anyway. Uh, and he did the worst uh, movie of a few years ago, the snowman. Um, mm. So yeah, that's it. That's all. Anything else? Anything that might be our shortest review. Uh, uh, nothing on this film, but this was Hoyt's run. And I think this is a really great run. Uh, 2010, he was the cinematographer for the fighter followed right. by Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, followed by Her, followed by Interstellar, followed by Spectre, followed by Dunkirk. Not That's an incredible run. Not bad. That's a not good bad. run. Not bad. It's a good run. It's not... Uh... Then did Ad Astra, but did a lot of... Oh. Did a lot of... Oh, it's a Ad good Astra. movie. Ad Astra is not a good movie. Ad Astra is a beautiful movie. It is not a good movie. It is yeah, a good Ad Astra movie. has the greatest cell phone wallpapers in it, but like, it's not. It's not a good movie. I will fight y'all. Um, also, I just want to really. say shout out to Downton Abbey. That film is delightful. You should all watch it. It's oh. better than this. <laughs> I cry at the end every time. So good. I haven't so seen good. the. I haven't seen the movie. I kind of get like I got really Britished out. Like. I think up into like season four of that, where it's just like, we're rich and now we're not. <laughs> and now all uh, of the people are also rich. And it's just like, Oh God, like, uh, uh, Mallory and I love that show so much that we watched all four seasons. No, I think there's more. I think it's like US. six. Yeah. Yeah. We watched the whole series. And once we're done, like literally the day after, we're like, we missed that show and we started again. We back to back down Abbey. Damn. Wow. That is how much we love that show. I've never seen the show, but the movie was a joy. I feel like if you like the movie, like the movie, you'd probably like the show. Um, yeah. So we are going to do for your uh, listening pleasure a draft or top five things to do during quarantine. Since Texas all of a sudden is uh, deciding, hey, whatever. Uh, um, these are you t- open this shit back up in three days. Uh, um, so we're. Uh, I I do want to mention that real quick. We talked about it, and I know we're not a political podcast, and I'm not going to get into the politics of it. But would you go to a movie theater if it opened back up? Because I do not think that I would. Absolutely and not. De- no, right? And Dex, you made a good point. Like, what are they going to show? Alamo Draft House already came out and tweeted that they weren't going to open up immediately, which I think good yeah. for them. But like, I I just can't imagine being like, all right, I'm going to go sit, and I know it's supposed to be 25 percent of capacity of whatever, but I just I'm not going to go sit in a place for hours with people. I'm just not going to do do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Like, what do you think? Um, I mean, no, me personally, no, I'm not going to do it. And I'm, I'm right now in my head, I'm trying to figure out what, where that line is, where I would say what it would take for me to finally go like, okay, I'll go or what that 
date and time is, is going to be, and I, and I honestly don't know. But, I mean, as for this week, like, if Alamo didn't tweet that, like, if they were like, hey, we're open, come on in. One, I don't know what I'm going to see because it's all streaming now. And two, there's so much human interaction that goes into a movie experience. Like, there's so much surface that you have to touch. Mm. I, I would I would be scared. Like, I, it's going to be a while to get me back into a movie theater. Thinking back on it, Petri dish. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know about y'all, but like my Alamo has the like recliners now. There's no way I'm going to feel comfortable sitting on a recliner laid back for a few hours knowing that somebody else was probably on that recliner for another two hours right before that. Like I just – it's not happening yet, man. I'm not there. Um, Trust some uh, 17-year-old to just be like, yeah, I cleaned it. Are you sure? Yeah. No, I totally uh, get it, dude. Mm-hmm. Tangentially related, just because Alamon serves food, but I was talking about this with a friend the other day. Like, whenever restaurants open back up, I've never worked in food service, but I have a general idea of how the whole situation works. How many freaking people touch your plate of food before it gets to you? Like, a lot. It, it's just yeah. It's like it, it's kind of passed through a lot of hands. From Caitlin, like I, I don't. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna like out anybody or anything. Or even where she Except was. Except for your girlfriend? No, I mean, like, she she's a she's a nurse now, so she's not, like, wait, wait, waitressing anymore. But, like, when she was having to do it to, like, you know, pay pay the bills, and she was a waitress for a long time, what, dude, restaurants are so gross. Like, everyone. Like, I don't care, like, if you're a five Michelin star, you're, it's gross. Mm-hmm. Everything's gross. And especially big chain restaurants. I'll still go because, like, I'm a pig, whatever. But, like, <laughs> like it, it's just – it's so gross. Everything. Just, like, imagine a mall food court. Like, I, no. I'm oh. not doing that shit, man. No. No. I just don't know how you're going to police 25% of people. That's a completely different subject. Sorry, I got off on a tangent, but I was just thinking about movie theaters. There's just no way. Well, you know, actually, you know, now that I say that, if Black Widow came out, I probably would go see. I was just about to ask that. Like, <laughs> what, is the, what is the film that has to come to, has to have a major theatrical release to finally entice you to get back in? Uh, probably Black yeah, Widow, I, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably what it's going to be, and I think that got pushed to November. Yeah, but, Black Widow but, or James Bond, and even James Bond, I'd be like, nah. Yeah, no, see, I'm not that hyped for Bond. Like, I love the series, and I love Daniel Craig, but I don't I don't know if that's going to put me in theaters. I don't know if anything is going to, that's still slated to release this year, is going to entice me enough to go. Yeah, At what were you saying, right Dex? Like, It'll have to be, like, yeah. cases have been going down for... You know, like the White House recommendation was like two weeks of cases declining or whatever. Like, it's got to be at least that and probably another two weeks after that for me. But, I mean, if they drop Mulan, like, <laughs> you know, I consider it. They just needed it. Disney just, like, I know Disney's in the money-making business, but you would get so many more subscribers, I feel like, if you were just like, all right, Mulan. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to see that in theaters. I want to see most of these things in theaters. Like I love going to the movies, but I'm not going to the movies just because you say it's like, I like, I don't know, man. You just, I, like I said, I'm just not trusting like a 16 or 17 year old, like not being ages, but I'm just like not trusting them to be like, yeah, I totally disinfected it. 
Can I go smoke my vape pin now? Yeah, I don't love going to the movies as much as I love being alive. So, hey, man, some things are more important than your health, like the economy. The first first one that's on the list that actually would entice me is the new Nolan film, Tenet, which comes out July July seventeenth. Didn't get pushed. Apparently, Warner Brothers is hanging everything on this to have a theatrical release. No way. I just, there's no way. Anyway. Um, I mean, by July, I might be with it, but like May 1st, no. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Big Rona's not going to get me. No, thanks. At least not like that. If I'm going to die from Rona, it's going to be like, and like if I have a choice, it's going to be like oh, <laughs> real serious shit. <laughs> yeah. I, mm. No, thanks. I Okay, so top five things to do during quarantine. So what was the order again? And again, if I don't think that we're going to have uh, similar things, but um, but if we do, it's off the board. How specific are we getting here? Doesn't matter, man. Okay. Okay. Top five things to do during quarantine draft or list, what have you. What's the order? Uh, it would be you, Royden, Dex, and then me. You, Royden, Dex, and then me? Or Royden? You as in Oh, you in. Okay. Um, <laughs> Royden, Dex, me. All right. So um, I'm going to go with consider buying a Peloton or other stationary bike and then just not doing it. Damn it. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you, did you have that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> God damn. Wow. That was my first pick. It was ah! I mine, mine was more mine was a little less specific to Peloton, but mine was uh thinking about buying workout equipment and then either not doing it or doing it and just having it sit there. Okay. So I'm just going to ruin <laughs> Oh my god. Never mind. I'm not going to ru- like you might have to cut this out, but like I didn't ruin the bit. Like the whole bit, I feel like it's just gonna be like so so many esoteric things that it <laughs> that no one would have the same thing. That was what the bit was in my mind. But good God, we're like, okay. Anyway, you might have to cut that out. But uh, go ahead. Dex. Uh, yeah. So yeah, mine was not nearly as specific when I was making my draft board here, but. First thing on the board for me is definitely drinking all alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) And you were like, you were sober through the first part of this quarantine. I was, and it sucked. (laughs) Dog, I'm still sober through this quarantine. Drinking, okay. Drinking, but not on a Zoom happy hour, because fuck that. Uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Not, no. Nah, nah, like I've done a couple and they're always, they're okay, but it's always like, you can't drink out the way that you want to drink on a Zoom happy hour. It'd be like with your parents who'd just be like, all of a sudden, just like, what is it? why are you slurring? Doesn't matter. You can't do that. You can't do that on a Zoom happy hour. All right. Uh, uh, related, my first round pick would have been the Pelham thing, but not anymore. Uh, my first round pick is planning a Zoom hangout for it to never happen. <laughs> like, I feel like everybody's group of friends is like, hey, on th- this Friday at 7 o'clock, like, let's just all sit down at Zoom. And everybody says yes, and then it never happens. 
Oh, sorry. I was watching like the fourth season of Frasier. I just forgot. <laughs> I feel personally attacked. Dude, Frasier bangs. I'm I'm super jealous of Texas we watch right now. Uh, you can do it also. It is also there. <laughs> uh, it's it actually doesn't really back- create, like background noise while working because it's yeah. so funny whether or not you're looking at it. Like it's it's great. Hey baby, I hear the loser calling for salads and scrambled eggs. Um, all right, so who's oh is Jake? Okay. Yeah, it's me at the turn. Um, this is kind of related to the first pick, but I'm going to go with trying to buy something on Amazon and then realizing you're not going to get it for a month. (laughs) (laughs) That's how, yeah, go ahead. That's all I'm doing right now. Like, I'll just think of something like, oh man, this, this would be, this quarantine be so much easier if I had this one thing. And then Amazon's like, Hey, you're not getting this till June. I'm like, well then I don't want it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. No, thanks. Isn't there like an Amazon hub though in Dallas? There's a yeah. There's like a warehouse. One, like, yeah, there's one like two miles away from my apartment. Just go there. I'm not gonna go into the Amazon <laughs> warehouse. Yeah. Just, yeah hey, gonna, do y'all have this? I'm gonna skip out of the movie theater, but I'm just gonna go into a giant warehouse. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dex. Okay, so I'm gonna go with. Watching literally everything that's been recommended to you on Netflix the past several years. Okay, so I'm going to... Yeah, go ahead. All those, like, background Netflix movies that got panned so hard, but you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to watch it and I'll see what it's about. They've been in your list for longer than you can remember. You just never got around to it. Now you got time. I'll I'll add to this, and and I'm not going to take this pick. That it'll just be another add-on. It's like I I put add stuff to your Netflix list that you know you'll never watch even during (laughs) this quarantine. Mm Hmm. Hmm. Last Kingdom. Yeah, I'll add that. Nope. I I it's on my list, but I I figured somebody was going to take it. But like the same vein, like acting like you're going to watch like the IFC 100 or AFI 100 or whatever and then end up watching The Office like back to back instead. Yep. I'm going to watch all the best picture winners. No, you're not. Yeah. We we all entered this pretending like we're going to make ourselves better. We did it. <laughs> I'm going to read a book. That's the same thing. No, you're not. No, nah. no, you're not. Don't no. pretend like you are. Okay, so um, I'm going to go with... Uh, Run every day, but somehow still gain weight. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on. I am running miles every single day. My ass and legs hurt so bad. And yet I have gained 10 pounds. What is going on? Muscle. Muscle. You're building those quads. Zero. Nope. You got to drink a lighter beer, Royden. I don't even drink like I. I may drink like once a week, if. This uh, podcast, by the way, is sponsored by Michelob Ultra, yeah. ninety-five calories. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by water. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I, I just. I know a lot of people are running. Like I, I do enjoy it, but just like sweating your ass off only to see no results is so. Oh. 
I started anyway, running. Uh, absolutely do not enjoy it. It's awful. <laughs> this is a terrible yeah, hobby. Yeah, my I'm trying are... to get better at it, but like this shit sucks. <clears throat> at least you're seeing results, though, right? Uh, I was in the beginning, but now I've kind of like leveled off. But I'm at a pretty good weight, so it's fine. That's <laughs> we. Hey, we stand a confident king. We out here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all right, Dax, go ahead. Number two. No, nah, you're up. Three. You got the turn. Oh, shit. I got lost in the snake. All right. So uh, my number three is uh, try to keep all the feral cats out of my yard. <laughs> what? <laughs> Have I not told I this story on the podcast? No. I think that's just a you thing, but yeah, bring the story this up. It definitely <laughs> seems like a Reese that's early in the draft. <laughs> Yeah, you could have taken that. Nah, you could take that at any round. Nah, y'all don't have this. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't have like fifteen feral cats roaming around your house. Absolutely not. No. Oh, well, damn. I guess I did. Re. I picked a running back in the first round. Um, so, <laughs> so when we bought the or uh, when we me, me and my brother rented this house, it's like a really it's like a really nice sort of starter home, and, and like it's by Baylor campus and everything. Yada yada yada. And it has a big backyard. Um, and everything but there is it's surrounded by older houses and on of like wacoans like people that have lived in waco and just not sold out to baylor for like you know they're like you'll never get me that's like who lives on the side of my of my between us but there's a family and i and i don't know and i think it's just like like an older couple and they're a large adult son and um <laughs> and they they shelter or feed every stray i'm not kidding every stray cat in this neighborhood and there are there are dozens dozens <laughs> of these fucking cats that are just like just hanging out just chilling just chilling and <laughs> And pissing and shitting all in my all in my driveway, and uh, I can't even go into my backyard because there's just like fleas and shit. Like, mm-hmm. and it the this is the most old man yells at cloud thing is like being a homeowner or whatever. Just like call the city, they're just like, well, yeah, what can you do? Like, you can come pick these motherfuckers. Like, you can come get them. <laughs> they're like, they're like, no, they're not a pest. Like, uh, to you. They're like crawling on my car and shit. There's like flat. Like I have a dirt driveway. It's like one of the down. But they have made it their own personal litter box. So just now my driveway smells like shit. So yeah, I've been like throwing. Like I'm not hurting the cats. I'm not don't get mad at me. They're feral. They suck. <laughs> They're outside my window fucking right now. Um, <laughs> just you ever hear a cat scream in the middle of the night? No. You, yes. Just, just horrid sound. Just, and you're just like, what the? F- what was that? Sounds like a sounds like a weed whacker going off in the middle of the night. And I'm on a tangent, but I've been trying to keep these dudes out, at, like just all of them, out of my yard. But I think they sleep on my porch. I'm going crazy. <laughs> I'm going crazy. You're going crazy. I'm going crazy. Anyway. This is like in the NFL draft when a player gets drafted and they go on like a two-hour rant about how their mom died and their dad like beat and murdered a bunch of people and they, you know, were living in a car for a while 
and all that kind of stuff. That's this portion of the draft right now. Y'all are going to find me, like, y'all are, once this quarantine ends, like, or whatever, and y'all can come to Waco and hang out, like, the, uh, y'all are going to find me with, like, my shirt off, like, just walking around my backyard, like, a, <laughs> with war paint on my face, like, it's been 35 days I've been at war. You're going to be cats. Monkey Man from Hey Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I oh, hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Who's up next? Am I up next? You're up next. I, I don't know how to follow that up, but um, very high on my draft board, sleeper, that y'all let go way too late. Being very obnoxious about baking sourdough bread on your Instagram stories. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's the most millennial thing. So I was breaking a sourdough bread before this even started, and I've just gotten better. Like, no one gives a shit. I can teach you how to make a sourdough yeah. starter. Yeah, I know so many people that are that are making starters now, and I'm admittedly I'm super jealous because I wanted to get in on the bread game too when this all started. But God help you if you want to find yeast right now. <laughs> yeah, like, like you do want to do like I, you know, if I could bake bread, like that'd be cool. Then again, like, am I just going to eat a whole loaf of... Yeah, yes, actually. Yeah, yeah. Actually, what are you talking about? Yes, actually. Um, it's annoying. It's annoying. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Same vein, uh, taking those quizzes and brackets on Instagram that are really actually to get your personal information. <laughs> <laughs> so... Like, Explain. The, those like get, get to know you. Um, they're, I mean, they're like showing up on all uh, social medias, but like they're pretty prominent on like your Instagram stories. Like six things to get to know me, or like the uh, bingo board of like things that you did at Baylor, um, mm-hmm. or like music brackets, like twenty or early two thousand emos bands. Which is the best one? Everybody's talking about that. Yeah, or those really are like Instagram challenges, things like that. All right, you got the turn. Uh, this is this might be a personal one, but I feel like everybody got super into it, and I, admittedly, I've gotten super into it, and I'm, I'm now regretting it because I'm starting to feel the burn of it. Um, getting hella into Warzone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that also goes hand in hand with like. Buying a switch and then playing Animal Crossing. Yeah, not attacking <laughs> yeah. personally, but like that's also. No, I mean that's, that's what everybody did. Like, I know so many people that bought switches just to play Animal Crossing. Yep. Uh, really, you probably somebody could have probably could have just taken buying something uh, in the first round because I feel like so many people bought useless shit that they're never going to use once this is over. Buddy, I bought several. Uh, headbands for running. <laughs> I'm now a headband guy because my hair stinks. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yep, I'm that guy. Uh, I'm now a Lululemon model, if you will. Um, not really. But yeah, getting hell into Warzone. It's getting to the point, and I'm not actually dragging anybody because I've, I've done this personally, but like, it's getting to the point now where my friend group is like sharing like YouTube streamers tips and tricks on how to win. 
and then at some point in time, I'm like, oh, this is this is getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dex. Ooh, I got two picks left, right? I think I do. Uh, no, you got yeah. you, you got yeah two picks and then turn. You got fourth and fifth. Okay, so for this pick, I'm gonna go with the very obvious one for this group: starting a podcast. Yeah. Oh wow, man. Uh, <laughs> who who would have ever done that? <laughs> we got right in at the good part. Yeah, we we were just before, just so like. You know, we were in that wave of, you know, we're just all 20-something. That's why we started a podcast. Not, you know, yeah. we're in quarantine. So we did it before. It was even less cool than it already was. We're, uh, we're like, I was going to make a dungeon. We're, we're hipsters of the podcast game, if you will, in 2020. Uh, <laughs> we started a podcast when it was way overdone and cool. Yeah. We just need to completely pivot into just like quarantine content. <laughs> just that's what we need to make this like podcast about. Just like, and then it just ends as soon as like, oh, we didn't have any more content to fill. We just couldn't do it anymore. Um, okay, so I got two picks here. Um, I'm gonna pick uh, refresh Twitter. Oh, nice. that's a good one. Just, just, dude, like, people are still tweeting. Don't get me wrong. Like, people haven't stopped tweeting. Never will. Uh, it'll be the end times, and people will be like, oh, man, this Jesus fellow. Um, but, like, I have so many times just gotten to the end of Twitter and just, like, just kept refreshing. Like, somebody has to be saying something new, right? Some argument has to be going on. No. And yeah. it's just like, okay, put put your phone down, walk around, get a snack. Maybe something new is on Twitter. Nothing's new on Twitter. Um, and then finally I put uh, finish YouTube. <laughs> All of it. I've watched everything. Oh, that... The- you might have stole my last pick. I'll I'll argue it with you guys here when we get to it. The uh, the the lewd version of that is the lewd joke of that is ah I finished Pornhub all of it all of it <laughs> all of it. All right, so I'm back up. I'm gonna the go. Last pick. This is another Instagram related one. It's starting a TikTok page with seven followers and posting all of your TikToks on Instagram. <laughs> uh, yeah a little i have okay so i have somehow avoided mostly because i'm 25 uh starting a tiktok and it's not because like i would want to like do the tiktok because i know i would look lame i just want to like some of the shit on there is really funny mm-hmm. but all that stuff gets posted to Twitter, Twitter anyway. So it would just be yeah. like grown man with a beard joins TikTok. <laughs> um, I got into TikTok like kind of when it first started because it, it's I am old enough that like Vine was my jam. I love Vine, and so it it, scr- it scratched that itch of like me missing Vine so much. I was like, oh, this is this is kind of like it. It's not. 
but I have not been on TikTok in like a year now. So, and I'm too scared. I'm too scared to go back. I'm too scared to see what it's like now. I'm very intimidated by everything on there. So washed, <laughs> like, like you know, like you know, you're washed when you go and watch TikTok. You're like, what are they even? What is this? I do have a TikTok, I, I, and I get on it every now and then, but like, I don't really know who to follow or like how to get into the major TikTok creators or whatever. So like, I just wait for all the good shit to reach me on Twitter, basically. Do the Drake uh, TikTok dance that he made specifically for that app. Oh yeah, you'll go viral. Uh, I swear. I think the thing that scares me about TikTok is that it's like currently the monument that 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 stands to say like I am no longer the cool age anymore of mm-hmm. where like I understand trends and stuff like it's just this glaring screen to be like no you don't understand any of this you're old now. Yeah, no. Like every day you inch closer to death. Sorry, that was dark. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> It's too dark. Every day we stray further from God's light. Tell me about it. Shit, I think I... Oh, my final pick is uber specific, but it's watching those YouTube videos of those guys in India who make swimming pools (laughs) in the middle of a rainforest. I've watched... All of them. And it's the most tranquil and peaceful hour of my life that I lose every day. That shit is delightful. Where they just like speed it up and it's just like yeah. and it's just like, like how do they just, do they like bake clay? Like what <laughs> Oh, you just you you karate chopped a bamboo tree down, <laughs> used the bamboo from it to make a shovel, and now you're like thirty feet into the ground? Oh, and you built a house into your pool. Sure. Okay. And now you're like making concrete out of like water and spit and mud. Like just amazing. That goes hand in hand. Yeah. That goes hand in hand with like Facebook knows what it's doing. Where it's like, that's an ultimate Facebook video, by the way, where it's just like been shared a billion times by everything. But like Facebook does the thing. And this is also a quarantine thing, but I feel like it was, they know what they're doing. Once you get in their algorithm, their video algorithm, Mm Mm-hmm. It's impossible to get out, man. <laughs> even uh, worse, even worse than YouTube, where it's just like you just keep flicking. Yeah, my my Instagram is like that. My Facebook is kind of jacked up because my job revolves around Facebook, so I have like interests that span every sort of region that you can think of. But yeah, I just I will go through the discover section of Instagram, and I'm super into engineering videos now, like. You're going to super glue a battery to a circuit board and somehow it's going to become a chainsaw? I'm in. Let's go. I'm going to watch all of this. We cut this onion in half and now it's a light bulb. How? What? What? I'm in. <laughs> yeah. All right. All those epoxy videos? Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. So that was uh, top five things to do during quarantine. Uh, we'll put that list out and uh, also put a list out on Twitter. But make sure you don't put pictures on it because people will freak out. Uh, cut that. <laughs> but the um, so we're gonna do a quick what are we streaming and then we'll wrap this pot up. Jake, go ahead. Uh, I don't think we're really streaming anything right now worth note. Um, I'm watching Westworld. It ends this week. I have a lot of questions uh, that desperately need answers. 
Um, go on Reddit, they have him. No, they do not. Um, no, I think right now we're like we are, we're just basically watching Bob's Burgers and Parks and Rec. Today I tweeted out a clip of uh, the Andy, the you know the the giant baby that's just all over Twitter. Yes, he's no. terrifying. It's terrifying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Today I tweeted out the um, the clip of Andy going like, "I was a sixteen pound baby." It's <laughs> <laughs> born at eight. I was born at seventeen months. Well, full head of hair, full head of teeth. Oh, hold on, I actually have it right here. My head weighs upwards of 85 pounds. I was a 16-pound baby. My mom <laughs> carried me to full term plus eight months. I was born at 17 months with a full head of hair, a full head of teeth. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, but so, yeah, that's um, that's what I think about when I see that giant baby. Anyway. <laughs> Is that all you're streaming, Jake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're I haven't started anything new, really. Dex, go ahead. Cool. Um, I finished the ball type the other day. All four seasons done. I now hate every main character. They all suck. They all annoy me. Can't wait for season five, whenever that is. Um, oh, of course. <laughs> I uh, rewatch. I restarted Frasier again. For like the third or fourth time that I'm watching this entire series. One of the greatest sitcoms, if not the greatest ever. Uh, still slowly making my way through another rewatch of Community as well. Uh, finished Little Fires Everywhere. That finale was last Wednesday. Amazing. Reese Witherspoon, Carrie Washington, they both bodied it. I'm upset. I'm moved. It's It's got everything. I laughed. I cried. I hated it. I loved it. Everyone should watch it. All eight episodes are out now on Hulu. I'm upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let me just say, fuck BB, first and foremost, oh. as a staff, record label, and as a crew. Um, she <laughs> is not – she's not what's up. She she sucks. Thank you. Oh, okay. Uh, so is that it? And then we'll talk about the one that we're both streaming? Right, that's not really streaming, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's all out right now. Okay, so we'll just go ahead. I um, real quick, I did what I mentioned at the beginning. I did watch Extraction. That's on Netflix. That dropped. Um, hell of a time. Very light script and uh, weak on plot, if you will. But Chris Hemsworth rules. He kicks ass. Um, the guy that directed it. Uh, let me give him his his due. He was a um, stuntman. For forever, uh, sorry, Cliff Booth. Yeah, Cliff. Uh, Cliff Booth. Brad Pitt directed it. Uh, Sam Hargrave. He and uh, it was written by uh, Joe Russo of the Russo Brothers fame and produced by them as well. Uh, it's on Netflix and it just came out. Came out at a great time because nothing's going on. I gave that movie a B minus. It was so much fun. Very dumb, but incredible fun. Um, Did you also watch uh, Bad Education? No, I think we're going to – I spoiler alert. I think we're going to review that. Um, I think we should review that coming up next week or this week whenever we record. But uh, it got re- that got really good reviews. 
as far. I think it got like a ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, bad education. Uh, but, that's on HBO. So I think we should do that movie as well. Um, but the main thing that I mean, literally everyone in the United States is watching uh, shattering records. Um, the Last Dance, the the uh, Michael Jordan documentary of the 1997-98 season where they were trying to three-peat and it tries to make them look like underdogs during a three-peat. Uh, um, yeah, they're on championship five looking for championship six and they're the scrappy underdogs overcoming all the odds. With the best, one of the best players, if not the best player of all time, and another top twenty-five player of all time, and like the best defensive player of all time, yeah, like and the I, best I head like coach it. of all time, yeah, yeah, like I like it. Um, Dex, maybe give you your thoughts real quick. I I like the first four episodes. People are saying, and I, you know, I got a little hyperbolic on Twitter. Um, saying, oh, I'll give it the Oscar, and I think it may win. Like, it may get nominated for like best Oscar for documentary just because it spans so much time and there's so much footage and putting it together had to have been hella tough. Um, it's not the best documentary I've ever seen. I will say that people are treating it like that. It is one of the more entertaining things. And maybe it's because we aren't doing anything right now, but I feel like it'd be the entertaining regardless. It is one of the most entertaining things that I've seen. Yeah, I've loved it. I definitely wouldn't call it the best documentary I've seen. I think we got to – I mean, we still have more than half of it to go. There's like six episodes left. Uh, so, I mean, we still got to kind of see where it's going to like build and go. And like – I mean, Kobe Bryant's they, interviews come up next week. Like that's going to be big. They win the championship. Spoiler alert. I mean, I know that. But like the documentary still has to like say something. So, I mean, we got to still see like what it's trying to say. But it's incredibly entertaining. I think – the OJ documentary ESPN did a couple of years ago. They're like eight hour made in America special. I would put over this still, but I mean, this is still incredible. The interviews they got, how candid they got like, uh, them like having people curse on ESPN is phenomenal. I know I needed that, but I did. Mm-hmm. I love how Disney Fox and ESPN. <laughs> I love how Disney and ESPN, like, cause ESPN is a Disney company. They, they were just like, you know what? Drop it, drop the dock in, in full. Don't even, don't even censor it. We're just like, yes. Yes. Overlords. Yes. Kings. Give it to me. We were and, literally uh, begging did. them for that. Like as soon as the NBA mm-hmm. season got suspended, we were like, okay, so the Jordan documentary, y'all are saving for the finals. There's no finals now. So, uh, can we have the documentary? <laughs> and they blessed us. Thank you, Kings. And thank you. Thank you. Um, so thank you, Bob Iger. Uh, may you reign forever. The um, the thing about the documentary, and it has caused, I hate that it has caused this discourse, and it was going to. We were talking about it last night. This is the one point I want to get to. And Jake, you can maybe weigh in here too as well. I know you haven't seen it. We're, we'll get that Tiger Woods documentary one day. Uh, God, I hope so. <laughs> got me too. Um, God, can you imagine a 10 hour Tiger Woods documentary? Like going through mm. all the shit with his father and shit like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was either golf magazine or golf digest released. Like it's basically a novel 
pinning all of what happened 09 through basically 2018 all on his dad and i mean everything that happened before that as well um and it's it's a hell of a good read so i'm i'm salivating at the thought of seeing that on screen it'll happen i feel like it'll happen but my my biggest problem with this documentary and is maybe because we're so or also online the thought that and it came up in this is like the thought that lebron and i'm not gonna i don't want to do the thought that lebron james couldn't have played in this era is the biggest travesty to both this era and lebron james and you were on twitter you were online today dags and you were like bill lambier would have like would have like choked his ass out like Bill Lambier would have gotten caught, dude. Like, <laughs> I, like, you think that LeBron six nine two sixty LeBron James is gonna let orthodontist Bill Lambier choke slam into the ground? And just nothing is going to happen. LeBron is just going yeah. to be like, okay, that's fine. That's how basketball is played because it's the nineteen nineties. Like, nah, fuck out of here, man. Well, I mean, it was just a different era. That's how you played basketball. Who gives a shit? Like, that's how you played basketball as he suplexes somebody to the ground. And it, it, people it, – okay, look. Here's the thing. I I respect every generation of basketball. I feel like I have gone on record as saying that, that people in today's NBA are way more talented than anybody sans Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen in the or Akeem Olajuwon in the 90s. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, Bill Lambert and, is getting ran off the floor by like the small ball Rockets. Like Russell Westbrook is getting him out of here. Yeah, so I've gone on record as saying that, and I've gotten roasted by by older people on Twitter before for that. But it's just like this footage lied to y'all, man. It's been lying to y'all forever. Where it's just like because after the whistle, fucking Bill Lambert or what? What's is it? What was it? Uh, Eno or whatever his name was. Uh, who was the other center or power forward on the Pistons? Uh, Craig Elo. He wasn't on the Pistons. I think he plays for the Jazz. But uh, yeah, like Joe Dumars and all those other Joe Pistons Dumar. guys. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah, just like they lied to y'all, man, where it's just like they would body somebody after the whistle and then everybody would be like, ooh, that's, you can't even do that in today's NBA. Get up. LeBron James would cry. Uh, you couldn't do it in uh, that NBA either, by the way. Like, those are still fouls. No, right. Like, you're just giving LeBron two points. Like, that's it. I, I know y'all all noticed how many times that Michael Jordan went to the line in that documentary, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, people anyway. like, James Harden wouldn't arrive with all those precious free throws. Like, nah, we get more, dog. Like, this. Yeah, like... <laughs> James Harden would have 50 in the 90s. I, I don't like all of his content, but he has put out like some uh, some funny videos about the 90s NBA. Is uh, uh, Barry McCockiner, um on Twitter. Barry on Twitter. Uh, he has put out some funny videos. You can find them on YouTube as far as like... He's like... <laughs> Uh, LeBron James would have ta- would have taken these would have taken these garbage men to the <laughs> to the house. He would have scored fifty points a half. Like would have taken would have taken would have taken these uh, UPS drivers to the. Like, it's just like all these. I don't know. And it's just like 
I, that's my main point that I want to say on Twitter as far as, but it is entertaining. The, the documentary is, is very, very entertaining. What I don't like about the nineties NBA is that just nobody shot threes. Cause they couldn't, <laughs> they, those dudes could not hoop like they can now. Let's be real. Like you got, you got a line that is one more point, but like Michael Jordan would like, purposely step in to shoot like and yes he was like 60 percent from like pull up jumpers but it's just like you mean tell me michael jordan can't knock down a three I, I did see something that made me laugh out loud when it was like when it was like they play the lakers in the 91 finals and everybody's like he put he put scotty pippen put uh magic johnson in the vice grip and somebody was like he just made him go left <laughs> yeah they I respect it. Like, the game has come a long way. Like, obviously, you can't have this era without that previous one, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the news could not hoop. Like, the news today could hoop. Like, it's just a fact. It is what it is. You cannot have in today's NBA outside of, like, um, fucking the guy that was on the Warriors that injured Kawhi, uh, Zaza Pachulia. Like, you cannot have people that, like, are just enforcers. You know what I mean? Like, that's all that Bill Ambeer was. Like, just a dude that would hit people. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. would swing on you. Somebody would swing on you so fast. You think Russell Westbrook's not going to, like, try and swing on Bill Ambeer? And also dunk on him every single possession. Like, Yep. No, it is, it is, it is a very entertaining, especially like Michael Jordan, like talking shit about Isaiah Thomas in the last episode and like some of the, uh, some of the Vegas footage of, uh, they just let Scotty Pip or not Scotty Pippen. They just let, um, Dennis Rodman. Thank you. Dennis Rodman. Just go to Vegas middle of the season. Michael Jordan just pulling up to the hotel room and Carmen Electra is having to hide like <laughs> in the hotel yeah. room. Amazing yeah, somebody, content. Yeah, somebody knocked on the door and it was like, Michael, can you imagine? I mean, obviously you're sleeping with like Dennis Rodman, like that that's like but just like the greatest basketball player of all times is like, hey, come on. <laughs> it's time to go, bud. Let's go. You gotta like what walk I, a shame in front of Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. What I what I don't what I don't like like they're they're letting Michael Jordan almost like in I mean Obviously, he's the most famous, one of the most famous people ever, like ever in the world. Like, so they're letting him sort of run the show as far as like what story gets told. But so I don't necessarily sometimes like how they painted him as like either this underdog or this like, or this like, especially later in this career or this like great dude and like humble guy. He's not. And sometimes you get that. Sometimes where he's like, man, I need the fucking ball and stuff is like what he says. And like, but finding out that like James Paxson could like shoot in the finals was hilarious. Yeah. He was like, I, I guess I got to pass him the ball. Oh, he made the shot. I'll do it again. <laughs> I will say one thing. Um, if you follow uh, less humble Teach now on, on, on Twitter, Somebody at, he asked is like, oh, so they just fired Doug Collins in the middle of the season, and why? And he said, the, somebody said the same reason that you want Mike D'Antoni fired, and I've never related 
harder to something. And I don't necessarily want Mike D'Antoni fired, but that's just an app comparison. <laughs> I mean, I kind of do, but uh, eh, we'll see. Uh, yeah. We also don't have Phil Jackson sitting on that bench. I mean, we don't, but we could. Phil Jackson wasn't Phil Jackson then. Very true. All right. Anything else that we have this is probably our shortest podcast. Uh, only short by like two minutes compared to average. Dope. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap it up. You can find us on uh, One Take Pod on Twitter, trying to put out some content every day for y'all to interact with. One Take Pod, the number one take pod on Twitter. You can find us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, you can find us at onetakepodcast.simplecast.com. You can also email us at onetakepodcastshow.gmail.com. Uh, rate, download, subscribe, and review. We are going to do bad education. Not bad teacher, bad education on uh, this next this coming up week, and we'll review that as well. Um, and But if you download and subscribe and leave a five-star review and a written review... We will do your movie, and uh, we will review your movie, and we will also we will eventually do Southland Tales. I swear. Hopefully, um, yeah, I don't even know if it's it. streaming. Yeah, we'll get to it. So, yeah, you can follow us on all those decks. What's the uh, what's the hashtag? Hashtag support Florence Pugh just got cast as the lead in a movie with Olivia Wilde, well directed by Olivia Wilde, with Shia LaBeouf and Chris Pine. It's lit out here. The brand has never what, been more brawly. We we out here. <laughs> what did you say? Is like all of your chosen whites? All of my chosen whites. Florence Pugh, Shia LaBeouf, Olivia Wilde. What more can I ask for? Reese Witherspoon, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Jake, you got anything? I'm good. All right. For Jake, Dex this has been the One Take Podcast. We out. <laughs>